The Evolve with Pete Evans podcast is a conversation about my favorite ingredients for a healthy human experience. We take an informed look at topics that include nutritional and emotional well-being as well as expanded consciousness. I love exploring the topics that are not traditionally taught at school and take a deep dive into them with my special guests. I invite you to sit back and come along for the ride with an open mind and heart and please share with your family and friends as these podcasts may just be the seed from which many things will flourish from. Cheers. We've been using Waters Co. water filters for the last 10 years and I wholeheartedly trust my family's health with them. Waters Co., established 1977, have personal and domestic water filters, which turns your ordinary tap water into great tasting, alkaline, ionized mineral water, which removes up to 99.9% of fluoride, heavy metals, chemicals, and bacteria, so you can love your tap water again. The Bio 1000 is the latest edition of the BMP 1000 model and the culmination of over 40 years of experience and research into water filtration by some of the world's leading scientists. Waters Co. was first to market with natural gravity-fed systems, creating alkaline water way back in 1984, and have continued to lead the market in research and development, setting the benchmark for all other brands to follow. Please go to my webpage, PeteEvans.com, to learn more and to receive your special discount from my link on the products page. You're going to love it. Dr. Hisham Abdallah is a New Zealand doctor practicing as a laser cosmetic dental surgeon. He is also a professional educator, transformational speaker, mind and mouth health expert and researcher, as well as founder of Laser Life Care Institute and Laser Kids Dental. He is an international best-selling author and personal leadership coach, and he publicly teaches progressive wellness through balancing the health of mind, mouth, body, society, and humanity individually and collectively. He believes that a true healthcare physician is one who empowers, energizes, and engages humans to look after themselves and firmly believes in the power of integrity and human unity. To find out more about Dr. Hisham, please visit his website, drhishams.nz. That's D-R-H-I-S-H-A-M-S dot N-Z. Hisham, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. How are you, brother? I'm good. Thank you, man. And thank you for having me on your show. I love everything that you do, man. Thank you so much. It's been a while since we've seen each other in the flesh. I think it must have been, what, four years ago? Five years ago? No, less than that. Really? Two years? Two years when you visited the, the clinic. You were recording MKR New Zealand that time and you came and visited us. That's right. So, I'm going to go back another year then. I'll meet you in the middle, maybe three years ago. There we go. <laughs> Whatever that last New Zealand MKR was. <laughs> I wasn't in that show, so <laughs> it was you. And what I love about you is you are a truth seeker. There is no other way to explain it than that. And not only do you seek the truth, but you like to share your truth as well. And one of the questions I do like to ask people in the medical field or people that uh, have a scientific background and also that have letters before or after their name is, because (laughs) I don't, let's start off with the big one. How do you define health? Oh, I have to simplify that answer over many, many years for myself first. If you can't define something simply enough, then you can't talk about it. You can't, you don't understand it. So for me, and it stemmed from my core philosophy, which I wrote down in in medical school, uh, which is let's seek health rather than fight disease. That's across the board on my books, on my writings, in the clinic and all that stuff. So from that, it's like, okay, what does that mean and how do I define it? The simplest formula I I could come up with is like everything else, it's a process. Health is a process. It's not a a static state. So even the word homeostasis that we talk about in medicine, I agree and disagree at the same time because it has that word homeo, which is same, stasis static basically and nothing is static so for all common purposes we'll still use homeostasis keeping the same but it's not actually that it's the process of being able to keep health or keep the same so health is a dynamic process of the ability to stay healthy and it depends on two things awareness and moderation very simple once you define those two things so what can i do about it okay if it's an active state it's a dynamic state and it's flowing and things are coming in and going out and all these things and interacting and whatever we ingest, we digest either mentally or physically and transform it into, some, into another energy form. 
So how do I work with it? Define the two things you can work with. Awareness, moderation. So a state of ability, the constant dynamic state of being able to balance back. So a balancing activity that depends on two things, awareness and moderation. So if you can become more aware, consciously and subconsciously, your body is constantly becoming aware of everything. The biosignals that it receives, the biosignals that happen within it from the interactions of all different energy forms and the biosignals it emits out. It's always aware of that subconsciously, even though we're not aware of it consciously. So how can I enhance that and become more consciously aware of what I should be doing, shouldn't be doing? How does this make me feel? How does that not make me feel? Etc. Etc. And what do I need to modulate? Actually, modulate is a better word than moderate because you modulate some things up, modulate some things down, maybe to point of elimination, but never go to excess in anything because even the good things are bad. So modulation awareness equals balancing. Bam, B A M. Balancing <laughs> awareness modulation. <laughs> there we go. I love it. Bam. So you are a dentist now. Correct. Practicing as a dentist. Yes, graduate as a doctor and a dentist, but. Practicing registered as a dentist. Tell me that again. What does that mean? Doctor and a dentist. The faculty that I studied in, which is Charles University, the medical school in Charles University in Prague, from 91 to 98. I was 14 when I went in, 21 when I graduated. And the course, the curriculum is a medical doctor. Actually, my title is MUDR, Medicina Universitaria Doctoris, Medical University Doctor of stomatology. I assisted in uh, general surgery. Literally, I held guts in my hand. One of them was my own wife because she had ulcerative colitis at that time and she had her colon removed. So I, I literally held her guts in my hand. That's how well I know her. As a student, obviously, I wasn't doing the surgery. I was assisting. And many other people helped deliver babies, did heart checks, lung checks, ophthalmology, the whole thing. So besides the dentistry, we were doing general medicine, basically. So when I graduate, I graduate as a doctor of medicine with a specialty, if you, let's not call it specialty, with a special training in dentistry. So when I came to New Zealand, did my exams and registered, I did them with the dental council and registered as a dentist because I love working with my hands. What does being holistic mean? Because I have had holistic dentists on here and I've had holistic doctors on the podcast before. So what does holistic mean and why does it tend to attract a certain type of person and why does it seem to be a polarizing thing for certain members of your industry and your establishment answer that for me doctor all righty the easiest way to tackle this simply because we can talk about it for, for ages and we don't want to do that is again how do you define it how do you define anything determines how you perceive it determines how you interact with it so for me how i define holistic because like you said some people think that holistic means woo-woo basically and go hug some trees and, and you shall be healed. And some other people integrated with the word integrated already with what, what's called integrative care and so on and so forth. There's many definitions or redefinitions of the whole thing. So for me, how I define it, and for me, holistic and integrative are the same. Holistic is the way, is the philosophy. Integrative for me is the technology. Integrate to make one, to integrare, is using all the evidence-based, scientific, and well-established knowledge of how humans work, human biology, human physiology, human pathophysiology, science of nature, science of light. I'm obsessed with light, so I'll leave that for later. But the science of light and how light is actually not energy, it's the interaction of energy. It's the, the flow of energy that creates the transactions and transformations. So understanding all of these things, integrating them together to provide care is the process Holistic is the philosophy. It's how do you look at everything? Look at all what I just said now. Just look at it all together. So recombine it. So I love technology. I love lasers. I love high tech. I love science. I love evolution. But in the application of full integrative human care with humanity first, with the intent of bringing healing and bringing mercy to the human in front of me because I need mercy. That's my philosophy basically about being holistic. Looking at the whole, yes with all the portals, like the math and the interactions and all these things. And what can I do about it? What can I integrate into that to create healing and provide service? And end of the day, really, what, what are we trying to do here? Just serve each other. So I'm only valued as much as the service that I provide to others. I can think whatever I can think my, about myself, good or bad or indifferent. But at the end of the day, nobody cares or knows even what's inside your heart. They only know what's, what value do you provide to them, what service do you provide to them. I love that. But I do want to ask you a question because you mentioned two words there. Yes. And, the, and they're words that have been 
used so often. Mm -hmm. I would say, and I don't want to use the word against me, but I will use them as as awareness. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they are Mm evidence-based. Those two words seem to come from... Let's just put it into context here. When I talk about, say, a a paleo approach, the people that don't promote that, that Mm -hmm. are authorities, say that is not Mm evidence-based and we only promote in our teachings and our advice is evidence-based. So how does someone define what evidence-based is and is it the be-all and end-all or how do we evolve? Because that was the other thing that you mentioned at the start was we're constantly evolving. Correct. Fantastic question and I love it because just like yourself and it's exactly in the same context, I've been teaching for the past 18 years roughly on many, many aspects from mind health, leadership, communication, to definitely lasers, that's been the big thing, to light therapies, to photobiomodulation, to ozone, to vitamin C, da-da-da, and more specific things in dentistry and all these things. And every time I speak about any of these things, they were always new, even though I've been teaching for 18 years, which means I've learned about them from people who've been doing them for longer than I have. I didn't invent any of this stuff, basically. But anyway, until today, they're new to a lot of people. So the first response with colleagues that I get, exactly the one that you just said now, this is not evidence-based. I'm like, well, so my answer to them is it depends on which evidence you choose to look at and believe in. If all you want to wait for, and unfortunately, this is, this, this is the status quo in, in most medical and dental and the standard uh, communities, basically, an authority, a so-called authority, tells you what evidence they approve of and their peers have reviewed, and therefore you should do exactly that. Yet, if you step just outside of that sphere, because everything is organized in a sphere, if you step outside the sphere and look at it, you'll realize that this is one part of human history, human biology, human healing, human whatever. And there's so much other evidence and science. I'm not talking willy-nilly, whatever, woo-woo stuff. From other fields, that it is stupid for you as a healer, if that's your intent, really, it all depends on intent at the end of the day. What do you imagine and see yourself at? As to ignore that and just stick with, with one part of what somebody said that you should do. Well, what about all these other people who are doing it in other fields? It's not evidence-based for you because you didn't, you didn't intervene into your field. But it's evidence-based for me because those people have their evidence base. These people have their evidence base. Those people have their evidence base. I'm trying to holistically integrate the whole thing to be of of better service to humanity. Are lasers or photobiomodulation or whatever not evidence-based? It absolutely is. Is it evidence-based in dentistry? Well, is that what I am? A tooth fixer, a tooth mechanic? No, I do not do that and I do not want to do that. It's a little teeny weeny part of what I do. I love the art of creating stuff here and there. The rest is beyond that. So it's what you choose to be at, therefore opens up your perspective and your awareness to what evidence is out there. So with your paleo diet, I'm going to reference it back to what you said as well. With your paleo diet talk, where is your evidence coming from? It's from 10,000 years of modern humans. Forget about what happened before that, the other kind of humans or pre-humans that existed before that. Let's just say modern humans, 10,000 years ago. We have 10,000 freaking years of evidence that you can document. If you want to call it science, you have to observe it and document it. And that's it. That's, there's no such thing as science. We create science. We observe, we test, we document. We either change it if it doesn't work or add to it if we see it works. We discover things, but we don't invent them, really. We just uncover new ways of recombining energy to produce new results, basically. So you look at it, the evidence is 10,000 years. Well, is it medical? Well, if you don't want to call it medical, don't call it medical, but it is evidence of humanity. What's wrong with that? So it is a very selective, biasly used word to attack back exactly like what you're going through. It's not evidence-based. Well, not in your frame that's this big maybe it won't be evidence-based but if you come to my stage or at least meet me halfway expand your sphere expand your horizon you'll see very clearly that it's evidence-based here and another one is evidence-based there do you want to integrate them Mm, i love it i I can picture it already and see it ah one thing that you have taught me over the years as well and once i first met you was that you are curious by nature absolutely all be a student and i even posted something yesterday that there was a, an article about Nikola Tesla. 
And, mm. and I shared that and I just wrote curiouser and curiouser based off the Alice in Wonderland, you know, the, the <laughs> book about Alice. And why do you believe that there are people like yourself? And I will put myself into that yes. category mm-hmm. of being extremely curious and extremely open-minded. And, and I think you had the best definition then, because this is how I, I view life. And mm-hmm. I look at ancient wisdom. Mm-hmm. You know, what we can learn from our ancestors, what we can learn from the last 10,000 years of, or even more of human evolution, we can never discount that. The wisdom that our Indigenous brothers and sisters and cousins from all around the world had learnt through trial and error, mm-hmm. through what works for their community, their common unity to thrive and evolve. Yeah. And at the same time, I love modern science. Oh, just, just so I don't lose that track, Otherwise, we, you and I, would not be sitting here doing this in the first place. Mm-hmm. If they didn't have their science and their evidence and their trials and finding out what works to survive and then thrive, neither of us would be here today. True. So are we the result of what they did? Yes. How can we denounce what they did then? It's crazy. Sorry, please continue. <laughs> Well, there was the belief in certain aspects, and I've watched enough movies and read enough history books where they defined, and this is not my words, but they defined the traditional cultures as primitive. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I would beg to differ that I would say that Indigenous cultures were some of the most connected and intelligent Amen. human beings and spiritually evolved human beings on the planet because. They worked with nature. They worked with the cycles. They were not blinded Mm. to believing that they were above and beyond the natural cycles of life. And before we get into too esoteric into that, but I'll just say that. But at the same time, I love modern science. I love the breakthroughs that is happening in modern medicine. I'm loving technology, the ability for you and I, you're in New Zealand, I'm here in Australia, we're talking through microphones and the the internet and we have a platform in which we can communicate. Isn't that brilliant? Absolutely. And I am of the belief also that I will not put all my faith into holistic treatments and I will not put all my faith into modern medical treatments. You know, I may sway from side to side depending on what's going on. And especially for anybody that comes to me for advice, I would say I would investigate it all, you know, Mm -hmm. without having blinkers on. And then the other side of this is that we are evolving still. And even though I'm firmly grounded in ancient sort of the basics exposure to the sun, exposure to nature, connection to nature, I'm seeing now new technologies. And I want to explore this with you from a dentist's point of view and from your own research. Talking about red light therapy, we're talking about different ways of vibrational frequencies that can be used on a cellular level that isn't, I guess, mainstream yet. Mm -hmm. And I would love some examples of things that are mainstream now that you do yes. that 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years ago were considered hocus pocus, crazy. And that now has become part of your toolkit. And I wonder what our toolkits may look like in 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years once things become mainstream and where we might be headed so over to you and go on the merry journey and be curious or curious or take us down the rabbit hole, please. <laughs> let's, let's do the Nikola Tesla thing. I've actually caught on to quite a few words of what you said. I'm like, oh, I want to say something about that, about that. So I will answer you your last question. Of course I will, because I would love to. But let me just catch on to a couple of words that you said and put my perspective on it, please, if I may. Two things you said. One was that we... Well, actually, I technically answered that before you said it, and you said it in a more, again, more holistic way. You are looking at everything in combination. It's not this or that. It's this and that. This world is not for you or I. It's for you and I. And we have choices, and we have perceptions, and we have different values in life and all that stuff. So it's normal to come up with different decisions. I don't agree with myself on every decision that I make and everything that I do. (laughs) And I do a lot of wrong things in my life, knowingly and unknowingly. Let's not go there. To admit otherwise would be stupid. You're either lying or you're stupid, basically, if you say anything other than what I just said. So 
what gives me or you or anybody else the right to tell everybody else that if they don't do everything the way they see it and agree with it, otherwise you're wrong. Like, do you do everything according to you the way you agree with it? Do you agree with everything that your wife does or your kids do? Or do they agree with everything that you do with your mother? What does that mean? Do I go hating my mother? Do I go hating my, my child or my wife or myself or anybody else? No, it's not you or I. It's you and I and all of us. Each one brings a different flavor to it that the collective makes for the what we call the conventional, the agreed upon. And if some of us don't consider something conventional, well, maybe it's conventional somewhere else. If your peers, your peer-reviewed scientific research doesn't accept my thesis or my theory or my evidence, guess what? There's another group of peers who can review it and agree with it. So let's take all this into perspective and exactly what you said. Look at our ancestors. What have they done? They've tested things and all these things and failed sometimes and people died of eating some shrubs and that's how they know it's poisonous and some people healed from eating something else like oh that's healing and so on it's exactly the same thing experimenting and every tribe every group had their own ways of documenting that whether it's through storytelling or through written documents or through religious teachings or through whatever way you want to call it different documentation now we have that ability to connect through the power of light literally and i'm not talking metaphors here although the metaphor is much bigger Literally, we're not talking through microphones and speakers and, and computers. We're talking through light. Everything is light. From the, the Wi-Fi itself is, is electronic energy. It's, it's light to what I'm seeing, to what you're hearing. Everything is light. Anyway, let's not go philosophically again into that. And, or scientific. It's the same thing. So we got to here because we agreed that there's better ways to do things and collaborate together. And first, it was just single tribes, single groups of peers. And now that peer is becoming one. As it, it's always been from a bigger, again, bigger perspective, it's always been one, but now we're becoming more aware that, hey, we are connected, we are one. So great, let's create a new conventional. Conventional is to convene, to agree upon. Why is it not mainstream? Why is it not conventional? Because not enough of us have agreed yet to convene on it as agreed upon. So examples of that, the way we evolve anyway, end of the day, and I always use this diagram in everything that I do, every course that I give for the last, I don't know, 10 years I've been putting this up, the key is to conscious evolution. And again, it's a sphere, it's not a circle technically, but I can't draw a sphere, so it's a circle. And within it, the core thing is intention, imagination, and then intelligence. So we set our intent first, our philosophy. What, what do we want? How do we find things? Where are we going with all this? What do we imagine? What image do we create? Because we think of images, that's why I had to create this image for myself. What do we imagine as the outcome? And therefore, what intelligence do I need to create? Or, it's not or, and draw from because intelligence always exists we're drawing from the collective human mind of intelligence of centuries of growing intelligence drawing from that to then recombine it into hopefully new intelligence as well so intelligence is evolving but intelligence is the ability to do something it doesn't mean anything without the right intent because you can use i don't know atomic energy to destroy or to create something sunlight it can burn you or it can heal you Da, 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 da. So intelligence is just the ability to do stuff. What's the intent with it? To heal or to harm? That's the question. And what's the image? What, what are we trying to create? And of course, each one feeds the other, as you can see there, the signs. So um, if your intention is to heal, I'll come to the, to the question now finally, <laughs> is to heal. What does that, what do you imagine it to be? Like we said before, imagining the body's ability, enhancing and sustaining, let's put it this way. Because there's a point beyond which you can't enhance it any further. You can't make it better than what it, it is optimal. But are we at optimal? We don't know. We just got to keep trying. So let's say enhance and sustain the body's ability and the mind's ability to balance back constantly. Because we're never balanced. We're always balancing. We're always an activity. We're not even human beings, really. We're being human. We're actively being human. We're, we are an activity. <laughs> so everything around us is an activity. The mind is an activity. It's not a thing. There's no mind thing. It's an activity. So with that in mind, okay, intention, help people heal or optimize my health or whatever your intention is. What do I imagine it to be? Okay, more aware of this, more modulation there. The images I'm always able to heal better and regenerate rather than regenerate as I get older. We all get older. There's no anti-aging. We're all aging. But are you regenerating or degenerating while you're aging? That's the question. 
and how can I assist? So that's the image. And then we go to, to find the intelligence. Okay, who knows what guys here? <laughs> can somebody tell me something? And like, oh yeah, you, you got this, you got this. Well, but nobody's put these two things together like this. Can I do that? And so on and so forth. That's how invention happens. For example, light. Let's talk about light for a second because you mentioned it and I mentioned it and it's the right time to, to talk about it now. And what's conventional, what's not. The sunlight obviously is a huge spectrum of electromagnetic frequencies. EMF is just basically light. Electromagnetic frequency is light. It's photons traveling at, at the speed of light. So that's the, what, what I was saying. It's not energy. It's the passage of energy that creates energy fields, electric fields, magnetic fields, and transformation. So from the sun, we get a huge amount of rays of different photons vibrating at different frequencies. Some of them are harmful. Some of them are important, vital, but too much of which are harmful, like UV, for example. We need it, but a little bit too much, we're doomed. We destroy our ozone layer, which protects us from the UV, we get more damage. So it's not UV is good or bad, it's is it good or bad for us, at what concentrations, and what have we done to enhance it or mess it up for ourselves, and so on and so forth. We need the visible spectrum so we can see. Now we have our own ways to make light, so we don't technically need the sun to be able to see. Our ancestors didn't have that, that that's fine. So the visible spectrum is one thing, UV is one thing, and then we've, we've got the red and near infrared light, the part that makes us warm or feel warm, physically I'm talking now. That part, we didn't invent this. <laughs> it is the way it is. By God's intent, by superior intelligence, universal intelligence, whatever you want to call the creator, the higher intent, call it whatever you want to call it. It is the way it is. We discovered that and said, oh, scientifically now we're documenting what is and going, how can we enhance that part? If this part of the sun causes direct healing, speeds up healing recovery, wakes up cells, da 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 da. You put some a living animal or human or even a plant in the dark, it doesn't grow, it doesn't heal. Does it? How do you do this? So science began on that. And this, I'm talking 50, 60 years ago now. Red light and near infrared light. First, it was noticed that they do that. Then we created devices, lamps, and all these things. Then we had lasers which are even more focused and more amplified. And then now we have LEDs, which are weaker than lasers, but also cheaper and easier and safer to do the same thing for this thing. So the actual how to do it has progressed and will continue to progress. But the actual thing was, it is what it is. How do we cut out everything else, UV, visible light, far infrared, whatever, and just this kind of spectrum here, red, even infrared, from 650 nanometers to 1,000 nanometers. Oh, biological effect. Later, much later on, it was discovered like this like 20 years ago that it actually works on the mitochondria inside the cells. So what does it do this? Oh, we enhance it, we activate it, and it works. We just realize it works. Science about that. On animals, on humans, no placebos. Animals don't have placebos. And then we discovered how it works, which again is evolution. And I love all this. We need it. We need to progress, but we can't ignore the effect before we understand how it works. And don't, don't go looking for why. Why is why? Why is... It is what it is. How and what and what can I do about it? <laughs> These are the questions. So we went from that to, oh, it actually works on the mitochondria in every cell, improving the, the respiration and, and oxygen metabolism and the electron activates the, the, the electron transfer chain so it doesn't back up and create oxidative stress. And then nitric oxide came, I think 92 or something, the, the gentleman, I forgot his name now, who discovered it, not invented it, <laughs> won a Nobel Prize, but then... He wasn't part of the people who are doing the light therapy. It's just nitric oxide in the body does this magic and amazing stuff. Huge amount of research since then. Well, red light therapy activates the mitochondria. Like I said before, one part of what happens, nitric oxide inside the mitochondria is bad. It's part of the reactive species, the oxygen reactive species, the peroxides and peroxidase and free radical oxygen and nitric oxide can damage mitochondria, yet they're produced within it. But when it gets released out of the mitochondria, it causes, other than signaling, it's a signaling molecule, like everything else is a signaling molecule. We know that. We know that it dilates blood vessels, improves blood flow. Great. So this is one part of how red light therapy works. Works in the mitochondria, improves respiration, reduces oxidative stress, improves nitric oxide release out of the mitochondria where it is oxidative, back into the blood where it is healing, and so on and so forth. Great, 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 great. So now we have so much science describing technically how this thing works, yet the use or the, the fact that it, it works has always been around. For people today, 2020, 2020, to say that photobiomodulation, which is the, the current term, light biomodulation, there you go, modulation, my word from before, <laughs> photons 
to use to bio, to biologically modulate healing or recovery or rejuvenation. It's not or, and, and, and. Photobiomodulation, there's so much science about it, how to do it, different devices, different companies, whole light pods like I have the Noble Thor, many handheld, like I have many of them and many that I don't have and don't need to have, whatever. So there's, so there's devices and companies and all these things. There's science, there's science on how it works. There's science on how to use it. We went into doses and all these things. And yet, I can't, I don't know the number, but at least 90%, let's just put it this way, at least 90% of doctors, dentists, specialists, et cetera, et cetera, in so-called mainstream will immediately tell you what we said before, where's the evidence? It's not evidence-based. What are you talking about? Red light, laser, wa-la-la-la, whatever wavy stuff you, you wave it around and somebody heals or the pain goes away, blah, blah, blah. Well, here's the evidence. Look at this video of this guy literally their pain and their face changing right in front of you while we're doing it like okay go read all the science from other biologists and, and biochemists and physics experts and all all doing their part of the science somebody's got to put it together though and they still say it doesn't work they're like how do you know and this is my first question to them i'm saying it works you don't know the evidence you didn't you're not saying there's no evidence because <laughs> here it is i can show it to you but you don't know you don't want to know that's called ignorance that's a whole different level but how do you know that it doesn't work? Have you tried it? Have you studied it? Have you read what I, what I read? And then come to a conclusion that it doesn't work for you, which is totally okay. Totally okay by me. I don't have to know everything. Well, I can't know everything. I don't know how to make cars or tweak engines or whatever, but I don't care about that stuff. Somebody else will do it if I ever need it. But with what I do, I should be able to know and make better decisions. If it works, I should be using it. If I call myself a healer, how dare I? not do the best and not know about it. And if it doesn't work after I've studied it, well, I have a choice to say, no, I'm not going to use this, this methodology. If I know it works, but my license, for example, I talk all about vitamin C IV and ozone IV. I use a lot of ozone invented by Nikola Tesla, not ozone itself. The first generator of ozone was Nikola Tesla. Injections and all these things, but I use it to wash hands, to do so many things as well. I started using it 17 years ago, but my licensure, my legal ability to, to do part of this limit me in what I can do. doesn't stop me from talking about it or teaching about it. So I get ozone IV injections, but I don't give them because as a dentist, I'm not supposed to inject anyone IV and that's fine. doesn't mean I don't speak about it because I know exactly how it works and I know exactly all, all of that. I can teach you how to use ozone in dentistry in other ways, not by injecting IV, and I do that. Just over the last, I'm talking about this because it's a hot subject right now. For the last two weeks, I've been doing a lot of ozone videos to disinfect the mouth and disinfect the body and disinfect items and, and all these things as I've been doing it for, for years to teach colleagues and all that. And the, the same point comes up. There's no evidence. Where's the evidence? Where's the like, evidence is there? I knew about it from 17 years ago and it only evolved since then. Why can't you do the same as, as what I did? If you really care, you just go look it up. Like, do you think I just sat down here and somebody came and gave it to me or it, it dawned upon me? No, <laughs> I looked it up. I tried it. I evidenced it. I got machines that didn't work and got machines that worked and so on and so forth and talked to others and, and all these things. So we can evolve if we agree that we should be seeking better. That's the seeking health rather than just fighting disease, one disease at a time with what somebody else told me and we'll never win that fight, fighting one disease at a time. So light therapy works. Go read it, go study it. Ultimately, go try it and then you will believe. I don't want people to believe me anyway. I want them to believe with me but tell them in my course, don't believe me. Believe with me when it makes sense to you. But first, you have to study. You have to analyze. You have to think. And you have to want better. If it makes sense to you beyond that, great. Believe with me. If, if not, well, I can't help you anyway. My family and I have been using beautiful, high-quality essential oils for the last 20 years to live healthily every single day. Now, if you're passionate about health and are ready to step into leadership, I want to invite you to partner with my team and I to build a beautifully successful doTERRA business. Register at PeteHLC.com backslash Pete. That's PeteHLC, which stands for the Healthy Living Collective, dot com backslash Pete. Mm, I love it. I've actually um, got a home ozone generator that we use personally for the last three or so years. And I, I shared a post a few months ago, actually, when the world had a new sort of threat and the amount of people that were saying, hey, Pete, I, I followed you up until this point, but you've jumped the shark or you've, you've, crossed, <laughs> you've crossed the line in which I don't trust mm. you anymore. And you've gone too far. I actually did a live Facebook chat before our chat today. And the same mm -hmm. thing with people. They go, oh, you know, you've lost the plot now because of this, that, and the other. 
And I'm like, okay, okay, we'll see you later. No, doesn't worry me whether you follow me or not. It's not like I'm going to lose sleep because of, <laughs> because someone doesn't agree. And I, I love people when they, when they disagree or have their own thoughts. Or maybe, I mean, my, my philosophy has always been, you know, plant the seeds. I'm not here to water your garden for you. There might be some seeds here that you may wish to investigate and go, oh, yeah, maybe, maybe that is something I can put into my garden, metaphorically speaking. And then I will, I will do the research first before I, I look at that seed to see whether it's palatable for me. Mm-hmm. You know, and it could be as simple as real seeds, you know, an heirloom tomato seed, or it could be a light therapy yes. device. And, and that's how I do it. And as I said earlier, we have, I mean, first and foremost for me is diet, sleep. Well, first is the way that I think and the way I interact with myself and to others. That's sort of my priority and my belief system. And then it's diet, water, I guess, connecting to nature, connecting to others. Mm-hmm. And then I have sort of my, and I don't want to use the word supplements, but the next layer is certain things. And if you walk through my house here or our house, we have a hyperbaric oxygen chamber. We have an ozone therapy machine. We have red infrared sauna. I have a, a device that is based about light and frequency and a PEMF machine and, and salt lamps at the back here and indoor plants and a garden outside and beautiful sheets and the wi-fi goes off over night time and these are the things that i put into my own personal garden and some of them will you know in maybe a year's time i'll be like oh maybe that infrared sauna wasn't suited for me or the ice bath that we have every week is not suited for me anymore and some new information comes out. But from what I can tell, none of these things currently are doing me any harm and some of the most inspiring people that I do follow and I love how their brains work are introducing me to some things and sometimes I even go, nah, you've got to be fucking kidding me. <laughs> that seems a little crazy and then all of a sudden somebody else talks about it and somebody else talks about it it's like, well, maybe I'll investigate this and then we'll try it out for myself and we'll see. As you know, it's about trial and error, but using caution and not being crazy. You don't just go foraging in the the forest and pick up any mushroom and decide to eat it without doing your research. Going back to that ancient wisdom, there were people that would have died from eating certain things in the bush or in the wild. And we work that out. And that's how we knew. That's how we do. So I want to get, I've loved this chat, mate. And I love your, the way that you think and the way you share your information, because it's not, it's not diminishing anybody else's thoughts. You know, from what I can tell is perhaps you're a little bit ahead of the game, Mm. so to speak. And it is a little bit of a game that we're all playing. And you seem to be somebody that, uh, let me ask you a question then. Mm. Is there anything that you've used in your dental practice Mm -hmm. that you were trained to do Mm -hmm. and you had applied for many years and then all of a sudden you're like, "Mm, I'm going to go against the grain here and and I'm thinking about one thing in particular. And I, you know, something like... Specifically in the dental practice. Yeah. That you might go, oh, you know what? I was trained in that, but that actually is not benefiting my patients. We're talking historically when I started practicing because that's what that's when I was trained basically and then I untrained and retrained myself <laughs> our current dental practice is not conventional in any way the institute is totally different with the red light pod and all these things and the ozone it's a whole different world however let's let's go back historically one thing that I've challenged in my conventional training from day one without knowing why I'm challenging it but I can tell you what triggered it was amalgam mercury amalgam so in first year of med school, we did all our courses with our medical colleagues, basically. So the dental group, there was only five of us, basically, did everything else with, with our medicals. Plus, we had an extra class in handling materials. We didn't see any patients, of course, in first year. It was all dead patients, anatomy and physiology and all these things. We were working with materials and plastic heads and carving and all these things. I remember it very well because I was 14 in pre-med, 15. I was a 15-year-old kid. Literally, I was a kid, not metaphorically even. This Professor, I think he was 70 or something at the time. He was already quite my senior. He was my grandfather's age. And he's showing us how to use the amalgam, basically, how to mix it. And that, that, this is 92 I'm talking about. We were mixing it still amalgam, so pure mercury and 
the other powder of zinc and copper and, and silver and the other metals, we mix them in a mortar, put them in duck skin, da da da, filled in these plastic teeth with it, carved it out. He was teaching how to carve that and how to dispose of it. So we're just learning about the materials. And he said, so be careful, so make sure your gloves are on. When you mix it in the mortar, the duck skin, whatever excess you leave behind or whatever excess you carve out of those teeth, because we plugged it obviously more, very carefully put it in this jar, which has fixer in it, photographic fixer, if you remember those things, or if you don't have fixer, it should be in water. And then you seal it because the plumes are toxic. He said that and he taught us that. And I just raised my hand and I said, so mercury is toxic. We know that and you're telling us that. This whole thing is toxic. I'm going to store it in here. Even the plumes are toxic. Can I just ask why are we doing this? Because I had a number of things in my, in my math at that time and done by my own uncles. Both my uncles are dentists. So I never questioned this before. It just triggered me when he said that. I'm like, excuse me, sir, can I ask this? And he literally said, don't ask such questions. Do as you're told. Be careful and do it. And I was, I was a kid. So I was like, okay, yes, sir but it never left my mind. So when we came to the clinics two or three years later, I declined to do amalgam fillings, but I was forced to do them by those other teachers. Otherwise I wouldn't get my grades to pass. So I swore, swore in front of my, my patient, not, not swore like in swearing bad words. I just swore to them. I said, I swear I will never do this as, when I graduate ever. I'll do it now because you're telling me I have to do it, but I'll never do this. So already I felt this is totally incongruent. It doesn't make sense. It's not a juxtaposition even. It's an oxymoron. The way they were teaching us, what they were telling us, and then what they were telling us to do with it. So I never did an amalgam filling, a mercury amalgam filling in my life as graduate dentist. I graduated in 98. Since then, never ever once did I do it, let alone try to relearn how to undo it. So that was my first convention. It's still being taught today, unfortunately as part of standard thing with, with mercury. The other one, because th those are the two biggest things. I mean, there's many other little things and techniques that might not even make sense to the general listener, but the big things that affect all of us, this is what I want to talk about. As dentists and what we do to you and to ourselves, obviously, to our own selves and our families, that's what I'm relating to here. So that the mercury amalgam was one thing. And of course, since then I've been talking about it and against it and been attacked and all these things by colleagues and now like oh maybe it's time we stop like oh thank you 20 years on from me talking about it there's people before me talking about it but anyway that's a different story the other one was fluoride so again we we're taught the same things blah, 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 fluoride must be necessary da 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 the whole thing yep okay 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 i didn't question it as much in dental school at the time because it wasn't something i was doing it wasn't something visible like the amalgam you know it's like they're giving this to me saying it's toxic watch out it's toxic after you, you scrape it out. It's toxic when it comes out, but, it, but do it. So I'm like, okay, this doesn't make sense. <laughs> the other one, like, okay, fluoride, fluoride, whatever, blah, 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 blah. Of course, I used fluoride toothpaste all my life. I grew up in Abu Dhabi, which has fluoride water. I had cavities all my life as a child, as a teenager. So did my whole family, including the dentists. My mother was an ophthalmologist and eye surgeon. Both her brothers are dentists. My father was a biochemist. So fluoride was just like, ah, okay, just everywhere, fine. It wasn't until after graduation, two years after starting to practice, I don't remember now, but something triggered in my mind, like, what is going on with all this? All these people are that, that I'm seeing, because I'm officially practicing in Oakland for most, like, all of my life, really, as a practitioner. All these cavities, my cavities, da-da-da-da-da. Something we're doing isn't working. The protection side isn't working, let alone what we do in the dental practice. And then I started just reading, studying, and for, like investigating all these things. And then two years later, I had my daughter. So I was 24 when my daughter was born. And that really set the, I wouldn't call it a trigger point, but there's always an aha moment in your life. Something happens either from within or from without that comes within that makes you go, okay, decision time. Not, ah, let's look at this. She will never go through what I went through and what her mother, my wife went through and my parents and everybody else. She'll never have tooth decay. She'll never have gum disease. She'll never be exposed to these toxins. What do I do for her? And the first thing that I said, okay, I'm going to make my own products because I don't want her to get exposed to fluoride. And I was still using fluoride toothpaste at that time and all that stuff. And then I said, well, then I should stop. Then everybody should stop because it isn't working, let alone it isn't safe. And that was a whole different trajectory from then on. By the way, that same year, I had my last two new cavities. Not only had my amalgams removed in 2003, but in 2004, I still had two new cavities, brand new ones. If I can't help myself, and all what I've been doing isn't working for me or for others, what the hell makes me believe that is going to work for the future? And that was on the efficacy part. Secondarily came the safety part. In both things, it doesn't make sense. As uh, Einstein said, the height of insanity is doing the same and expecting a different result. 
we've been doing this for so long, it doesn't work and it's not physiological. And if you look at any standard physiology and human biochemistry book, any of them that we even studied, none of them mention something about fluoride until you get to toxicology where it's mentioned. And yet in the dental field, it's, it's not physiology, it's not toxicology, ignore those other sciences that you've studied and let's do this. It's not part of the human biology, so why, why are we even talking about it? And it's toxic, so why are we using it? And why are we not doing better? Because we got stuck in this dogma. So the fluoride thing became a huge battle. And I know you, you, you've been attacked a lot as somebody who doesn't know what you're talking about, yet you're talking about fluoride. Well, everybody's allowed to talk about whatever they believe in. What happens beyond that is, again, world convention, convening on something. But I know what I'm talking about. I'm on the call face, personally, family, practitioner, scientifically studying all this everything else. I'm on the call face. I know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm not talking from a year of experience. I'm talking 20 years plus of experience. Has it worked? Absolutely no. How do I know? Hell, <laughs> ask any dentist, what do they do day to day? What are we doing day to day? Filling cavities, filling, amongst other things, but that's the main thing. So you're telling me tooth decay is still rampant? Yes. Or haven't we dealt that, with that? There's fluoride in, in the water, which means it's in the food, which means it's in everything in the, in the water. It's in everywhere. Once it's in the water, it's everywhere. And it's in the toothpaste and it's in the mattress and all. Yeah. So it hasn't worked, you're telling me? Well, hello, look around. Then you go, is it toxic? Yeah. Cumulatively and like, does it, a toxin is something that you take too much of and you die instantly and or it accumulates. It's cumulative. You take a little bit, doesn't kill you. Lead hasn't killed us all. Again, we, none of us, not you, not I, none of us have, our parents would be alive today to even give birth to us globally if lead was toxic by dose, basically, which it is, by the way, but nobody had a dose of lead like that and survived anyway. But yet they were all exposed to lead in innumerable, immeasurable amounts. It was in the petrol, it was in the pain, it was everywhere. Is it toxic though? Yes. That's not a question. Is it toxic? Yes. Mercury, is it toxic? Yes. That's not a debate. Cumulatively toxic, unless you take a lot of it, which is why we banned lead after a lot of fights. Obviously, there was a lot of corporate fights in the 20s and 30s trying to prove the unprovable that lead is safe and it should stay in until some group some, at some point said enough is enough. And we, we managed with, with lead, got rid of it, thank God, because it's cumulative toxic. Mercury has been going on. And in, I think three, four, five years ago now, on recent history, basically, the Myanmar Treaty banning mercury from industrial use and batteries. So now batteries and light bulbs and all these things, all of them banned. Nobody can make it except dentistry. It's the only industry that's still using mercury and it's slowly phasing out. So I can see the end of that probably within the next 10 years. The fight is still going on, but it has to, like we, we agreed on everything now, now this. So it will follow. Fluoride is the next battle. It's still ongoing and will still go. So I will debate it from two sides, the fluoride thing. One, dentist to dentist, colleague to colleague, and obviously public health makers and all these things. And two, the dehumanization of others who we don't agree with so that we can label them and then win the battle has never worked in the long term. It has always been done. Like you, know, like you said earlier, we still do, unfortunately. But anyway, it started with colonialization, basically, with colonialism. Always to start the battle, to, to mobilize your troops, to make them believe with you, you have to dehumanize the enemy. If they're humans, in the eyes of your soldiers, slaves, basically, it doesn't work. You have to dehumanize them. That's why they're called primitive. They're called savages. They're called whatever, the others. You know exactly what I mean with this. The savages, the primitives. Those two words were the thing, basically. Go get them. There's other words now, more recent words, the terrorists, the this, the that, just to group them. Therefore, fair game, go kill them. We've used that same strategy, sadly, and we're still using it, to immediately label another person or a group of people the anti-fluoridationists, the anti-vaxxers, the anti-whatever. And the other group says the pro, that once we label each other like this, we become fair game to each other. And that's sickening and sad. It lifts on both sides it's wrong because it, it shifts the whole discussion from being a debate, an intelligent debate with an intent to evolve and develop better intelligence. Is it working? Yes, no. Have we tried it? Yes, no. Is it safe? Yes, no. Can we do better? Yes, no. These are the questions to ask and debate and answer. But once we, the fight becomes, I am right, you're wrong, you are right, I'm wrong, and I'll just label you with that, nobody wins. So even if the fluoride comes out of the water now, or when, because it will, how we beat the initial whole point of the discussion, which is, did we save people from the diseases, the, the tooth decay, da, da, da? Actually, no. 
with or without the fluoride, is still going on. So can somebody please talk about the solution to the problem while getting rid of this crappy argument altogether and the crappy cause of that argument, which is the fluoride? So I'm like, just ditch it, dude, because it keeps you stuck and discuss solutions. What is the actual problem? I would love to discuss. There's a long answer. Sorry. <laughs> I, I, love, I love your mind and I love how you explain it. You explain it much more eloquently than I ever could. And I love you for that. What I'm going to ask you, if this is at all possible, is can we do part two mm -hmm. later this week? And we'll add yes. this on. Yes. Because I want to get into the solutions with you. And awesome. I think that the solutions is going to take us another hour, you know, even just to, I agree. to, to scratch the surface. So if, mm -hmm. if you don't mind, if I invite you back and I'll wear something different and <laughs> me too. but brother, I just want to tell you, it's I love pleasure. you. We'll get into part two very shortly. Okay. Awesome. Do you want to make any final comments about this before we close this recording? So next time it's a whole different discussion. Mm, no, because I think you've opened us up to explore the solutions and i just want to tell you i love you brother and we'll connect very very shortly Me thank too. you so much love you man take care bro. see you brother see ya if you would like to become a qualified health coach then the institute for integrative nutrition or iin for short can help you achieve your goals i completed their health coaching course many years ago which has been one of the catalysts for my own journey into what i now love to do which is to help people achieve greater health through the sharing of information through my books seminars podcasts tv shows and films i recommend iin for anyone wishing to pursue a career in the health coaching and wellness space iin is a one-year course so that if you're a full-time worker, busy parent, or wherever you are in your life, it is flexible enough so you'll be able to complete all the required curriculum. Please see the link included in the podcast show notes or my website to access the free sample class and first module of their program. This will give you a great taste of the format as well as the structure, and you can also utilize my special discount that I can offer you if you decide to sign up. Make sure you tell the admissions team that you're part of the Pete Evans Tuition Savings to claim your very substantial discount. Please visit integrativenutrition.com or email admissions at integrativenutrition.com. The information, views and opinions expressed in this podcast should not be treated as a substitute for nutritional, medical or other advice by a qualified professional. Guests in this podcast express their own opinions, experiences, and conclusions. And nothing in this podcast should be used to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any medical condition. Neither Pete Evans nor any sponsor endorse any views, opinions, or conclusions expressed or shared in this podcast. <laughs>